When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. It's time for a look back on today's match. This is the full-time report with the voices of our Atlanta United, Mike Conti and Jason Longshore. The home for MLS in Atlanta. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I'm going to be totally honest with you folks. Atlanta United completely outplayed tonight by Memphis 901. Atlanta United almost got the win. They took it to the final minute of regulation before Juanjo Parata committed a penalty on Philip Goodrum. Goodrum converted the penalty, and then in uh, the 10th minute of the first extra time period, Knight to Pickering with an absolute golasso, and Memphis 901 of USL Championship springs the cup set tonight over Atlanta United, 2-1 in extra time. The earliest Atlanta United has ever crashed out of this tournament, their first loss ever in Kennesaw, and they were outplayed tonight from pretty much the fifth minute on. That is my honest analysis of this match tonight. It is a credit to Memphis. Nothing fluky about this win for the visitors tonight, a signature win for them. Now a moment Hopefully, Jason, for Atlanta United to reflect. They did, to be fair, play a slightly rotated lineup tonight. That That is part of the context. But I think Atlanta United really needs to reflect upon this performance because um, there's a lot they have to take out of it, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think there's players who showed that they're not at the level that they need to be at. Agreed. And, and that's what you're reflecting on more than anything here is – and, you know, look, I mean, we see Twitter. We know what people are, are having to say. And, you know, blaming the manager in the situation makes no sense because he's not telling the team to let up. The early goal was maybe the worst thing that could have happened here for Atlanta United because they did let up. You, you get the lead – you have players who are not at that match rhythm of playing at a high level on a regular basis, and it showed at times. You had a group of players that haven't played together, and it showed a lot. And Memphis had the opposite. Memphis had everything to gain here and nothing to lose. And that plays out. This is cup football. You see it in every country in the world in a cup competition where upsets happen. It had not happened to Atlanta United at home. The loss in 2017 on the road against the Miami FC, a little bit different situation. At home to be outplayed in this manner, yeah, that's that's an issue. And that's something that when we have the conversations about competition for spots, this was an opportunity for some players to elevate that competition to another level. And I just don't think that enough did. You know, I, I you look at the, the lineup tonight, Center back, I think Noah Cobb had a, a good performance. I, I don't really have any issues with Cobb's performance. Abram, I expected more. Barata, 
the challenge? Is it the, the worst challenge in the world? No. I don't know how much of Goodrum he actually got. But you can't go. He can't make that challenge at that point. You can't go to ground in that moment because you don't need to. And Porata has had so many good games for Atlanta United this season, but he's had a couple where those decisions. It's got to read that moment of the game, and you didn't get enough going forward. And, and that's the the entire attacking group, really, and all the subs as well. You didn't get enough in the attacking half tonight, and that's got to change. Man of the match brought to you by Heineken. One Atlanta United player who was phenomenal tonight was Clayman Diop. The two goals he allowed, a penalty and a golasso. Other than that, eight saves, which I am certain is a club record for an Open Cup match. It might be a club record across all competitions. Clayman Diop, the man of the match brought to you by Heineken. Yeah, Diop was brilliant. He's an incredible shot stopper, and I think you saw that on display tonight. Memphis had a, a, a ton of shots, and not all of them were good ones. But Diop, with that many saves, even with some of them from distance being somewhat lower percentage shots, Diop with that many saves, he has to be the man of the match. He kept Atlanta United in it. And he also had to marshal against 12 corners tonight, yep. none of which really were threatening by Memphis. Uh, so Clayman Diop, the man of the match, brought to you by Heineken. The statistical recap Brought to you by Piedmont, official health care partner of Atlanta United. And again, folks, the numbers do not lie tonight. Shots, and remember, we did play 120 minutes. Shots were 30-10 to 10 Memphis. Shots on target, 10-2 Memphis. Possession, 53-47 Memphis. Key passes, 20-8 Memphis. Expected goals, 2.77 to 1.85 Memphis. Hold, hold on one second, just to give a little bit of context in this, because 2.77, a penalty is worth 0. 0.75. Yep. So when you take that away, your XG is a lot more similar than the number of shots would look. You have to remember game state. Atlanta United led from the third minute until second half stoppage time, so Memphis should have more shots, and they took some bad shots. Memphis was the better team. I'm, I'm not trying to say that they're not. I hope that's understood. I'm sure people will twist whatever they want to twist. But you have to look at game state, and I thought it had a big effect in this one. The early goal for Atlanta United forced Memphis to have to come for it more, and Atlanta didn't deal with that well enough. That's the issue. Noted. I, I mean, I agree with all that. I don't want to get into a debate. No, no, it's not. But I would just counter with, there were long stretches of this match where Atlanta United could not even gain possession. And I do understand, Game State, you are playing with the lead. But, uh, I mean, there was a long stretch in the first half where Atlanta United couldn't even get the ball. And the maybe the most alarming stat to me of everything I read, two shots on target for Atlanta in the match, one in yeah. each half. That's the most alarming. That is alarming. That's the most alarming. Right. Uh, anyhow, uh, that's just my perspective, and that is the statistical recap brought to you by Piedmont, official healthcare partner of Atlanta United. We'll have the highlights coming up next. Send us your questions and comments on Twitter at MikeConti929 and at Longshoe. We'll get to them later in the full-time report. Atlanta United falling to Memphis 901 tonight in extra time, 2-1 on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with more full-time report. A complete review of today's match on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. A 2-1 extra time loss for Atlanta United tonight to Memphis 901 in the third round of the U.S. Open Cup. Atlanta United wants to remind you that for each Atlanta United clean sheet this season, they'll donate $2,000 to Children's Health Care of Atlanta. This year's donation total currently 
$4,000. Let's go through the highlights. As Jason said, maybe the worst thing that could have happened to Atlanta United tonight was scoring in the third minute. It came very, very early, and there definitely seemed to be, after this goal, a change of intensity by Atlanta United. So perhaps ill-timed, but a goal that almost won the match for Atlanta United. It is the hot play of the match, brought to you by Scana. They'll slide it down the touchline to Aruju. Aruju now loops it down the middle for Tyler Wolf. Traps inside the box. Shot score! What an encouraging sign for Atlanta United. A beautiful finish by Tyler Wolf to beat Billy Amid, and they've got the lead in the third minute. For over 20 years, Scan Energy has made it easy for Georgians to receive the best natural gas rates and excellent customer service. Call 877-467-2262 to sign up today. It's a uh, great start. I mean, that, that's what you want out of starting the game, but you have to continue at that intensity. Arujo with a great ball. Wolf, uh, it's really the, the biggest moment he had in the match. I, I don't think he contributed a whole lot more, unfortunately. And it's a good finish from him. And it felt like, okay, this is this is it. Yeah. Keep going. Put the thing away early on. And from there on, Memphis grew into the game and Atlanta grew out of the game. Yeah, I mean, encouraging moment in that, as we talked about during the pregame, I was hoping a couple players like Aruju and, and Wolf, uh, you know, who are, are trying to build confidence. I think that would even be fair to say for Aruju. I don't think he lacks confidence, but – He's had some trouble finishing this year. I don't think that's a secret. Encouraging to see that early moment from both of them. But it, literally, from there, all Memphis. And finally, right at the end of regulation, Memphis is able to earn a trip to the penalty spot. Juano Parata with a challenge on Philip Goodrum in the area. Referee immediately signaled penalty. No VAR in the U.S. Open Cup. And Clemon Diop, who had made eight saves of the match to this point, now put in a position where he had to save a penalty to win the match for Atlanta United. Diop puts his arms up to the crossbar. The referee steps away, blows the whistle, hands on hips for Goodrum, stumbles up to the ball, strikes it, scores! Memphis equalizes at one, and we're about to go to extra time. Well taken penalty by Goodrum, and, um, you know, it, hard to know for sure having seen limited replays of the Parata challenge, but to both of us live, it looked like a penalty. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm looking back at now. Uh, the bigger issue I have with it is it's a goal kick for Memphis, and they're able to get into the 18 way too quickly and way too easily. It's a great ball from Jeremy Kelly, who I, I thought was brilliant today. Goodrum got a touch. He's not going to goal. I don't know how much contact there is from Parata on Goodman. Or not in good room, but you can't go to ground there. It's the decision-making of going to ground because it's not necessary. Goodrum takes the touch maybe 12, 15 to 12 yards away from goal, out to the right. His first touch is wide. He's, he, he's not able to make the touch into goal because Porata's there. He takes the touch wide. Porata's sliding, I, I think, more than anything to block a shot from Goodrum. That's why he goes to ground and slides across in front. But by going to ground there, he invites Goodrum to fall over him. And he does. And again, like, Parata doesn't slide into him. He doesn't go into him and take him out. He slides in front. Goodrum takes the touch, and it's a gift. 
because you can fall over the defender on the ground, make the referee make a decision. And so many times in cup games like this, we see the referee give that decision because you can. I mean, when we, we talk about the laws of the game, you can – it's very subjective. And games can be called differently by different referees. There's not a lot of hard and fast rules on that play. But in that moment, in this game, and the way the game had been going where it felt like Memphis had been the better team, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt on that. Borata can't give that opportunity. He can't go to ground there. He doesn't need to slide across to block a shot that's not coming. He doesn't need to go to ground in that moment in the 18. It's the 95th minute. Like, Etienne was basically going to the corner to, to a time waste yeah. in the sequence before. Yeah. Just stand it up. Just stand it up and keep everything in front of you. And he knows better. And that's the thing is this is not a situation where these players aren't taught what to do. It's not a situation where they're not talked about what to do. The players make the decisions in those moments, and, and it's pressure-packed moments. And, and that one surprised me because I just – there's no benefit to going to ground in that situation. So it sent the match into extra time, and 10 minutes into the first extra time period, Memphis wins the match. It wasn't a golden goal, but they made this stand up, a golasso by night to Pickering, an 18-year-old from Birmingham, Alabama, and this would hold up to win the match for Memphis 901. By Abram, who clears and gives it away to Malloy. Malloy sending it down the right wing. Here's Luis Fernando into the attacking third. His cross, volley, score! Golasso! Knight to Pickering, and Memphis leads. What a goal from Pickering. I, I mean, it's it's a good ball from Luis Fernando. Malloy had recovered possession on a turnover from Abram. Fernando cuts the cross back, and what Pickering does that's so difficult in this moment, he cuts this cross back. Pickering isn't going to be able to control it and bring it down because Fernando kind of cuts it into Pickering's body. He's able to jump to create a little bit of space and hit it with his left foot. It's coming across his body, and he puts it on goal at the near post, which catches Diop completely by surprise because that's a crazy opportunity to take. It's great work from a young kid who wasn't going to get signed at Dallas and said, I'm ready to go pro. I'm not looking to go college. I don't want to wait and get my opportunity here. And he signed with Memphis as a 17-year-old, and he is a promising young player, Knight to Pickering. That would hold up as the game winner, 2-1 Memphis 9-0-1 over Atlanta United in extra time. We'll come back and take your questions and comments on Twitter next on the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's the full-time report on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Atlanta United falls in extra time tonight to Memphis 901, 2-1 in this third-round U.S. Open Cup match. Atlanta United out of the tournament at its earliest point in club history. Chick-fil-A is committed to helping fight food insecurity and is proud to partner with Atlanta United and Soldiers Angels to help tackle veteran hunger. All season long, when an Atlanta United player successfully makes a tackle, Chick-fil-A will donate 100 pounds of food to feed a military or veteran family in need for a month. information and to see how you can help, visit etlutd.com backslash community. All right. Uh, let's take some questions and comments on Twitter. Uh, you would... 
probably imagine the tone is consistent with what we're seeing on Twitter. But I will start with this from Randy Edwards. Oh, tripod just fell over. That that was my fault. Um, Randy Edwards wants to know, with a sub being available in extra time, why not put in Almada? for the final 15 minutes to try to find an equal. Well, sadly, we, we're not 100% sure that a sub was available in extra time. Memphis didn't use more than five. Uh, it's a bad thing when the handbook, and this is not the first time I've tried to find the 2023 U.S. Open Cup handbook that should be public from U.S. Soccer. Uh, the 2022 one, which didn't allow five subs, it was three subs when that one was printed. So I don't know if they, in their bumping it up to five subs as opposed to three. They said, okay, we well, don't get the bonus one in extra time. I don't know that for sure. Uh, Memphis did not make an extra sub past five. They still had subs going into extra time. Uh, Gonzalo Pineda did speak about it afterwards, and, and we're not in our usual setup, so that's why you couldn't have any of the, the post-match press conference uh, stuff that we usually do in the full-time report at home. He talked about Almada. You know, he's coming back from an injury. He went, what? 68 minutes, I think, uh, on the weekend. They didn't want to put him at jeopardy for the weekend. So he was on the roster. You know, would he have potentially been able to play at all tonight? Probably very unlikely. Maybe he would have come on to take a penalty. Maybe a situation like that if you hadn't had to use all your subs. Uh, East Cobb Rob, it looked like they treated it as an early preseason game or training session. If there was a plan going forward, it was not noticeable. Just painful to watch after such a great start to the season. <sighs> the, the thing that I have to say, and I know it's easy to do this and nobody wants to hear it right now, is you don't go into any match without a plan. There is a game plan. Trust me, the coaches earn their paychecks in terms of creating a game plan and how you want to play. But they're not playing. And what happens in cup games, and again, this is not purely an Atlanta United thing. It happens at many different levels in many different countries. There is a letdown. There is a letdown when you're facing a lower division team because at times you feel like you can coast. You're playing a team that's in a lower level. You're playing guys who aren't at the MLS level. And sometimes that affects the overall intensity. And it's just something that managers talk about in cup competition worldwide. You have to match the lower division team's intensity because you know they're going to bring it. Again, they have nothing to lose. Atlanta United has everything to lose because even if they had won tonight, there wouldn't have been positive things said about it because they didn't play well. Memphis, if they had lost tonight, I'd have been, ah, oh, well, that was expected. They're on the road. That, that, that's difficult. So they have nothing to lose. So of course, it's easy for the intensity to be there for them. Atlanta United's players didn't perform at a high enough level of intensity across the board. It had nothing to do with a game plan. Uh, with, I mean, with the exception of Clément Diop, I want to be really well, sure yeah, there, to shout out him. There's, he was there's, outstanding. It was not one goalkeeper and every player on the field played bad for 120 minutes. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. It's no. not like that. No. But in terms of overall level of intensity, it wasn't there from Atlanta United, and the good performances got washed away. Ricky Ricardo notices that Memphis had pulled Atlanta United apart tonight. Is it a product of not having a midfield connector on the field because he thinks it looked like it? Well, a connector is about connecting the passes it's not about defensively and I thought Franco Ibarra was very good defensively in this game as the six didn't have any issues with him in those positions um I think you have to give Memphis some credit and it was a big talking point for me anyway coming into this game that Memphis's midfield is as good as you're going to find at this level 
Aaron Malloy is an MLS-level midfielder. I think Jeremy Kelly is an MLS-level midfielder. I think there's a lot of midfielders in the league that don't play at the level those two do. And Bruno Lapa fits in perfectly with them. Coming over from Birmingham, he fits in because they're all interchangeable, and I thought we saw that tonight. Kelly's influence really increased as the night went on. Malloy is that deep-lying playmaker who is good on the ball, and we know how Steven Glass wants to play. He wants his team on the ball. He wants them to be very controlling of possession. He doesn't want them to just play direct all the time. He doesn't want them to to be impatient. And I thought the way the game went, it wasn't that Atlanta didn't have a connector. It was that Memphis kept the ball away from Atlanta and finished sequences. They were getting those shots. And, again, we go back to XG, like, were all of the shots great shots? No. But they finished plays because when you have that shot and you either it's caught by Diop or it goes out for a goal kick, play's done. You get to reset. Atlanta United couldn't get possession back consistently because Memphis finished plays. That was the issue for me in the midfield. I think we'll stop it there. Uh, Chick-fil-A, just because the the remainder of the comments are all the same uh, frame. and, and it, uh, It's not good it, enough, it, frankly. Yeah, it's, it, it's not good enough. Well, there, there's nothing to, to say that it is. Maybe, maybe I can try to boil it down this way without sure. going too extreme. Sure. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of the comments are centering on young players tonight not doing enough to make the most of their opportunity. Now, there, there's been some stronger rhetoric than that, but but I, I think maybe to make it a little more fair, no. I'll just boil it down that way. That's the challenge, and that's the challenge of breaking into a team that has a lot of talent in it, is you have to make the most of your opportunities, even in a game like this one where some players hadn't played very much this season didn't have a lot of rhythm in terms of playing, and, and we see that with any player. You hear any player talk about that. The more games you get in a row, the better you feel, the more sharper you feel, the quicker decisions are made, all those things. When you have guys who haven't played much and they're young players and they get to this level against a very good opponent in Memphis, they didn't get up to the level fast enough, and, and they didn't do other things to show that they deserve more time. I thought Ronald Hernandez played well. I thought Nick, I thought Noah Cobb played well. I thought Franco Ibarra, who's already a first-team regular, I thought he played very well. Um, Johnny Fortune fought. I'll give him a ton of credit. He, he was very good in some moments. He wasn't good enough on the ball in some moments. But the work never dropped from him. So, you know, that, I mean, outside of that, that's, that's really it. All right, Chick-fil-A is committed to helping fight food insecurity and is proud to partner with Atlanta United and Soldiers Angels to help tackle veteran hunger. Along those lines, I thought Franco Ibarra pretty good tonight. I yeah, no, that's that. what I was saying. I thought yeah. Franco Ibarra was, was outstanding. All season long, when an Atlanta United player successfully makes a tackle, Chick-fil-A will donate 100 pounds of food to feed a military or veteran family in need for a month. For more information and to see how you can help, visit atlutd.com backslash community. We'll have a quick final thought after this. Atlanta United falls to Memphis 901 tonight, 2-1 in extra time on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back to the full-time report. Our United play Heat Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, wrapping things up on the full-time report here in Kennesaw. Atlanta United falling to Memphis 901 in extra time tonight. 2-1. They are out of the U.S. Open Cup uh, just 120 minutes after they begin. And now uh, 
Atlanta United's got to turn their attention back to MLS competition and League's Cup. That's going to be all that's left for them now this season. And MLS action resumes with, in my opinion, a winnable road match this Saturday in Nashville. Uh, one of the questions that I think comes out of this match tonight, you weren't anticipating to have to play 120. And uh, you had some players put in a, a harder shift than anticipated. So I do wonder... Jason, what kind of lineup problem-solving Gonzalo Pineda may have to engage in on Saturday? I think one thing's for sure, Franco Ibarra, who played 120 minutes tonight, it would be unlikely to assume that he could start again on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Santiago Sosa, Mateo Sosacci will start in the midfield. Hopefully, Tiago Almada will start in the midfield. That's three guys in your engine room who did not play tonight. Nashville did have to work for it. It was a 1-0 win for them over San Antonio at home tonight. Heavily rotated, extremely heavily rotated group from Nashville, and they were able to get it done on the back of a goal from Ethan Zubak. So they did have to go into some starters in the second half. Daniel Lovitz came on at halftime. Uh, Fafa Pico came on at halftime. Shaq Moore came on very late to see it out. Teal Bunbury played as well. But Nashville is going to come in fresher than Atlanta United because of the the Open Cup games in midweek, and Atlanta's got to travel. It's just it's very disruptive because you're not going to have really any time on the training pitch this week. And I think the issues about what happened tonight and what didn't go well against Chicago on the weekend, they're not training ground issues. It's really more conversations among the group and video, and those things are going to have to be done to get ready for Nashville, who is among the best defensive teams in the league. They're offensively challenged. They haven't scored a lot of goals this year, but they have the reigning MVP in Hani Mukhtar, who all he needs is a couple of moments in a game to send it Nashville's way. Now the question is Walker Zimmerman left the match with a possible groin issue last week, didn't play obviously in the Open Cup game tonight. If he doesn't go, then they are a little light in the back because they had to play guys like Lawrence Wyke and Jack Mayer and Josh Bauer tonight. And, uh, in fact, they had to make a trade for Lucas McNaughton, the center back from Toronto this week, uh, which might kind of tip Nashville's hand a little bit about the concern about Walker Zimmerman. One thing you can say about Atlanta, the spine of the team should be good to go for Saturday yeah. because you'll have Robinson, who did not play tonight, Parata, who only played extra time and a little bit at the end of regulation. Sosa didn't play tonight. Josetu didn't play tonight. Almada didn't play tonight. Maybe Yakimakis can go on Saturday. Yeah, we don't you, you know don't about know. that one. But at least the spine of your team should be good to go. All right, we will be on the air Saturday. Note the unusual start time, 1 p.m. Eastern for the Five Stripes Countdown. 155, I believe, will be the kickoff from Geodas Park in Nashville, and uh, we'll have that for you Saturday on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Producers tonight, Garrett Chapman, Dom Chorosky, Engineer Miller Pope. For Jason Longshore, I'm Mike Conti. Final score again, Memphis 901 over Atlanta United, 2-1 in extra time. We will see you on Saturday from Nashville on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. You've been listening to the Full-Time Report, a complete wrap-up of today's Atlanta United game. Tune in for complete match day coverage all season long. The home for our Atlanta United is Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? 
Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.